You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 110. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures mate for life. But isn't that, like, cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. Man, can you believe we're up to 110 podcast episodes? Right? That's kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy when you think about it. <laughs> but also exciting. No, it is exciting. It. I don't know. In some ways it went fast. In some ways not as fast. I don't know. It's an interesting place to be. Speaking of interesting places to be, we are definitely celebrating this podcast episode because we are recording this intro from the same physical location. We are home. Which... I don't know. So for those of you who didn't know, Cassie, I guess you want to tell what happened there? Yeah. The the short version is you had a job engagement thing that you had to do where you had to go out of state. um, To Texas, which is important. To Texas. To Texas, which is a little bit more of a risk factor with the whole COVID thing. So you were gone for a week and Amanda and myself, the little lion and man cub were all home. And then when you came home, we went and stayed at my parents. So that way there was enough time for you to get a COVID test and all of that. So we actually were not in the same location for two two weeks. weeks? Yeah. Two two and and a half half weeks. weeks. Yeah. So we made good use of Zoom. Oh, we did. Although I will say Talking about that, we did crush the Zoom date thing because we actually had our anniversary while I was in Texas. Mm -hmm. We sat down and so I'll tell what I did and then you can tell what you did. Okay. So we didn't actually tell each other what we were doing for our anniversary. It was like the evening after Josh was done working, we were like, okay, we're going to have a Zoom date and we're just going to get together for our anniversary. So during the day, I was like, I really want to send him some sweet stuff, some yummy stuff, let him know I was thinking about him. So what I did was I originally was looking at places that had gluten-free stuff because Rigel can't have gluten, but her treats. And I was like, oh, there's all kinds of awesome stuff. And none of them did same day delivery. So I was like, crap, that doesn't work. And then I had this really brilliant idea. I was like, there's this thing called DoorDash. So I can just order something and DoorDash it to him. Where he was staying at, there is this chocolate factory place that does fruit that is in chocolate. They do all this like chocolate dipping. So it's like chocolate covered apples and uh, pineapple and strawberries. And they do all kinds of other things. But it's their main thing is they're dunked apples with chocolate. Yeah. So that was awesome. Although I almost didn't get it because the room wasn't under my name and it desperately confused the poor 
desk lady, fortunately was pretty friendly because the room wasn't in my name. So fortunately the desk lady was like nice and sorted it out. But so that was cool. And then on my end, backstory, Cassie and I, <laughs> the first night we spent together sexually, we were watching Natural Born Killers. So for a long time, we kind of had the tradition of watching that on our anniversary. And we haven't done that the last few years just because it is, I love the movie, but it is also, it's only something you want to watch so much at the same time. And uh, a lot of really romantic stuff. We, for, so stepping forward, like when we got engaged, actually there's this whole scene in Natural Born Killers where they're on a bridge with two rivers and they both cut their hands and they put their hands together and the blood goes in the water and they're like, we're living together in all the oceans now. So with that, we got engaged, we did that. So like I said, so for a long time, we watched Natural Born Killers on our anniversary. We haven't done it for a while. I don't know if we've outgrown the movie a little in some ways, but. I don't know about that as much as you can only watch something so many times every especially year. Especially something so like off the wall violent. I'm all for violence. But anyways, but it still. It has been a few years since we've watched it, which made years. it even more novel. So I was like, hey, why don't we get dinner and we'll do a movie together? And we actually did. We both had our dinners and we both sat down in front of Zoom and we did a Zoom date where we watched Natural Born Killers. So that was pretty cool. And I got boots, which was awesome. Thank you. And you got five finger toe five shoes. Finger shoes, which I knew you've been wanting. You wouldn't get yourself. Yeah, we we did a lot of feet. We did feet. Now you're just making it sound weird. No, what what we did was we got presents to walk together into the future, together. There you go. I can make this romantic. But now you're home, so that's awesome. Yes. And just got home yesterday, and that's fantastic. The baby is definitely adjusting a little bit. She's afraid you're going to disappear. I think so. I think so. <laughs> Although we did discover, so the baby has really discovered peekaboo, and she did discover while I was traveling that you can do lazy peekaboo, and when you're FaceTiming, just tip the camera in another direction. <laughs> Which I said I would have felt more like she was cheating, but I was playing peekaboo by putting my thumb over the camera on my phone. But yeah, so you're back, mm -hmm. and... I'm so excited to get laid. Which it's you're also been... kind of sad about. Yeah, but yes, I'm... That's something I'm, you can talk about if you want. Why not? Sure. So, Are you embarrassed? Are you really embarrassed on this show? Is this the show where you're embarrassed? I'm embarrassed. I'm like, it's your problem. Uh, it's not a problem. It is a problem. Okay. So, Rigel spoke before about getting his bisectomy. He went and got his check. And Needs another check. Needs another check. So, we're waiting for results to come back. And in the meantime, Cassie has passed the safe point of nursing as a form of birth control. Which is a risky form of birth control to begin with. But no, it's not. It's, it, it is not if you do it right. If you it do it right. It would be risky if we continued doing it past the point where we stopped. Yes. I always like to put that out there because I don't want to be the person giving uh, bad advice. It is. No. It is not a risky form of birth control if you are doing it. Exclusively breastfeeding. Exclusively. Okay. I'm now posting in the links to this. I'm now posting links to the CDC. <laughs> Yes. Chart on the effectiveness of birth control. No, it is a perfectly valid form of birth control, but there are certain steps that you have to take mm -hmm. in order to do it, including not doing it past six months, not doing it while you're feeding the baby really in any other way besides breastfeeding, and not doing it once you've hit your first period. Yes. So it's a, actually a perfectly effective form of birth control 
if you follow the steps correctly, yes. you're making it sound like we weren't. And that's not true. No, what we I was were. saying that's why is, we stopped when we did. And now you haven't gotten PIV in a while and you're annoyed at life. Yeah, I am. What I was saying is I was saying that it is. Y'all are going to have to excuse the planes today. I'm not going to keep stopping recording because <laughs> our house has apparently become like the attraction for the Blue Angels. No, I was just putting it out there because it is one of those things that it's very effective if you do it correctly. It's very easy not to do correctly, but if you do it correctly, it is a good form of birth control. But alas, the little lion is starting on foods and is past six months and yeah. Which is insane when you think about it yourself. It's okay, Cassie. There's still stuff we can do. You got some good head yesterday. Yeah. The problem is you were gone for two and a half weeks. And before that, we were like waiting for your test. So it's been like... It's been like a month. Not it's since been, you've gotten laid. Since I've had PIV, it has been over a month. And you haven't even killed anybody yet, which I am super proud of you for. I am very proud of myself as well. I am I am doing really well. I feel like I look like when there's cartoons where like the eye starts beating in the one side. Twitching going on. Yeah, I have an image of the squirrel from Ice Age. Do I look like the squirrel from Ice Age? Because I feel like I look like the squirrel from Ice Age. I'm not sure I've watched enough Ice Age to comment intelligently on that question. <laughs> I guess would be what I would say. Okay. But you're surviving. It's okay. I'm surviving. I will do fine. We will. If and if this test doesn't come back with the results that make you happy, we're clear to start having PIV again. We can find another form of birth control for the interim. It's okay. Yep. I'm not thrilled about it either, but I'm also not like eye bugging out like you are. It's okay. I'm fine. Is it okay? I'm, I'm fine. I am fine. I, I don't have, have a problem. I don't have problems. <laughs> 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 anyway, but I'm glad to be home and it, it feels good to be back home and back in. I don't know. There's something about being home that is different than being anywhere else. Like even when you go on vacations, things like that, when you come back home and you're like, this is my space, these are my people, this is my dog. And just feeling like you're back home again is amazing. And the baby's sleeping better. So yeah, that's she's... definitely helpful to you. Now we're just gonna need to break the thing she is in, like I said, like where she's worried everybody's gonna disappear as soon as they walk <laughs> out of the room for, for the next little bit. But yeah, so lots of good stuff happening, more of which we'll probably be talking about soon. I mean, there's one last thing. Do you want to talk about me coming on with you full time? I thought we would do that at a different time. Okay, so teaser alert. We've got some other news, but I think we might do that here on a future episode. So keep your eels, eels, ears? (laughs) Your eels peeled. Hold on. Keep on your heels and keep your ears open. Keep, I don't your, know. <laughs> keep your ears peeled for that. And uh, yeah, folks. So I think that's kind of it for the host chat today. We're going to go ahead and hop into the topic for today, which is something that I think is really important, right? Which is talking about how long does it really take to change a relationship? Like when your relationship's in a spot and you really want to transform it, you really want to make it something amazing, even if that's like a complete 180 from where it's currently at, how long does it really take to do that? 
And it's a question a lot of people have. And in this episode, we're going to dive in and really answer that for you so that you know exactly how long you should be looking at it taking. And really, I think what you're going to get from this is why perhaps everything you've thought about that and how long it should take isn't accurate. And we're going to turn that completely on its head for you. So anything else on that, Cassie? Are you ready to dive in? Let's dive in. So here, here's kind of where this came from. We talk to people all the time who they're really struggling in their relationships. You've got people who are like, they have these screaming arguments. Or like I said, they're on the verge of breaking up or they've been trying to open their relationship and they've gotten stuck and they haven't been able to move forward and they've been stuck there for a long time. Or And it's not always obvious in your face stuff. Sometimes it's just that it's been years since that connection and passion's there and people have been slowly drifting apart. Sometimes it's maybe it's none of it's that in your face, but it's just been a really long time since they've been able to show up in this relationship depending in the way that they want to. Right. Or it's just they just haven't been getting needs met or maybe a specific thing. But whatever the case, they've been stuck for a long time. And so I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and the big sticking point as we were going through things became that he really didn't believe, couldn't believe that relationships can change as fast as we help people change theirs. And I thought this was really interesting and this was definitely a a myth that needs to be debunked because so when we work with folks, we typically work with folks over 10 weeks. And why do we work with folks over 10 weeks, Cassie? Because that's what we found works best. Because that's what works. That's it does the thing. Like Cassie said, we've experimented with different time frames. You know, we, we've been doing this for years. And a lot of the stuff that we wind up with questions about, why is our program structured this way? Why do we do things for this long? Why do we? It's because we've tested different things over time and we've seen what, what's worked. And we found 10 weeks to really be the best, the sweet spot, long enough for to make these really dramatic changes, short enough that people are really making progress along the way. And what I've realized talking to people is that there is this really prevalent belief that it takes months to years to fix the relationship. And I, and I think that, that the reason for this is that folks are, I think that the standard thing that we're used to in the poly space when we're talking about relationships is more like the therapy style model of fixing things where things do take months. Yeah, which although that is the prevalent thing in the space, it is not the only thing. And what I find so interesting about this is that some of the people I hear have this strongest point of view that it should take months to years are people who it's already taken months to years and they've spent that in therapy and they aren't where they want to go yet, which is you you feel like would kind of answer that question itself, but it doesn't. And and I want to bust this myth because it's actually really harmful. And, And the harm actually goes way beyond just this taking longer than it needs to, right? If this was just being like, okay, maybe you take a few extra months to fix things, I probably wouldn't, I don't think we'd feel the need to come on here and and do this, but it is really harmful. Yeah, so the problem with that is that, yes, the time itself is a problem, not because of just the time, right? It's not just the days in a calendar, but it's also a problem because it stretches the problem out longer. So when we are not getting along, when there's issues in our relationship, the longer those things stay there, the more likely it is that one of us is eventually going to be tired of it. That one of us is going to tap out and say, I can't do this anymore in the process of getting better. In the process of getting there, it takes too long and we can't hold out anymore. 
a lot of times relationships end up blowing up catastrophically because it's been going on for so long because things haven't gotten to a place where people are actually happy and thriving in their relationships. Yeah. You know, like I, like I said, it's not the, the additional time here, right? There's a couple problems that I, I really see with this. I think Cassie really sees with this. One is, like I said, the longer this goes on, Cassie was just mentioning, we all only have kind of a finite amount of emotional energy and, and willingness to invest. And you may be in a place in your relationship where you feel really tapped out, right? Like you just, you've given so much, you've tried so much. You may have a partner who's in that spot where maybe you don't, but you know that your partner feels like they've tried everything and they've given and given without getting back. And when you're in that space, you know, eventually people do, and it doesn't matter how much you love your partner, there is a certain point at which people go, hey, I I can't do this anymore. I'm burned out. I, I can't put any more effort into this thing that I'm seeing maybe not get fixed, maybe get fixed very slowly, but whatever it is, like where I'm not feeling loved and I'm not getting my needs met and where maybe I don't feel like I'm really a partner, I feel like I'm a roommate and uh, people only have so much energy. So you have the drawing it out in that way. And then like Cassie said, you do run the risk that, well, the longer you go, you run the risk of, of the relationship eventually blowing up spectacularly. And this is something, unfortunately, that we see and deal with quite a bit where you go and you keep running to these problem areas and then things get a little better. You keep running to these problem areas and keep running into them. And eventually you hit that problem area where somebody's finally, it's just, it's the explosion, right? It's the, not the straw that broke the camel's back, but it's like the grenade that broke the camel's back. The stretching it out and stretching out, fixing these problems. So number one, it's just risky in that sense. The second part is I talk to so many people who are who have been stuck in this space for so long of they're going, they're seeking help. They've been going and they've been working on, I I hate this working on our relationship. They've been working on their relationship for years. And man, like it is, it's expensive. And I don't just mean monetarily expensive. I mean, sure, like, you know, like, I mean, if you give your therapy for years and years and years, that can get expensive. But you know us, like, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think we all know that our relationships are more important than anything else. So if it was expensive and it was fixing it, I'd say go for it. But it's not just that. It's expensive in terms of the health stuff that starts to pop up with people where, like, they're not sleeping or they're not eating. Or, you know, I talked to somebody a while back. He's like, you know, I haven't kept anything solid down in a week because of all the stress going on. It gets expensive in terms of Maybe expensive isn't the right word, but it gets expensive in terms of like, we talked to a lot of people have some kind of mental health challenge in some way, right? Not like necessarily serious. They've got something going on and, and it exacerbates that. Now they're going to therapy for that and they're struggling with that and that's blown up and they're and in terms of like, and now the kids are, are, are struggling because the kids are seeing this happen and they don't want to, they're asking what's going on and now they don't want to listen to you anymore because they don't like what you're doing and they're, they're acting up at school like, and bleeds over in other places. But I, I think... For me, there's two, two, two things that trump all that, right? And one is just missed opportunities. Yeah. You know, the, the thing with it taking so long to fix a problem is it's how many days, how many weeks, how many months have we wasted not having good interactions together? How many holidays have we blown? How many anniversaries? Have we spent arguing and and not actually celebrating our time together? How many vacations and family trips have we 
gone on and not been able to actually enjoy those times. And those are the big things. That's not even the little things. How many evenings, how, how many nights have I gone to bed not feeling like I'm in love with my partner, right? It's all those moments and opportunities that we could have spent with our partners being a good place, waiting to be better. And I think the last thing that just I find, so that's kind of the laundry list of where I see challenges with this belief, and I think it's harmful. But the biggest thing that I want to address here, and we wanted to talk about that, is it's just much less effective I told you, we, we work on this over 10 weeks, and it's just much less effective to stretch working on your relationships out over months. Because really what we're talking about here, and I'll talk about it a little more later, is we're talking about taking really almost the same, maybe even the same amount of time that you might spend in, in a year or two in therapy and investing all that in your relationship very quickly. And what we've seen is that doing that and front-loading that is just much more effective than stretching that out for years. And I talked to so many people, we both talked to so many people who have been stuck in therapy for years without getting where they want to go. And I hear this so often. And, you know, it's not always, oh, we've been stuck in therapy and we haven't seen any progress. Usually if you're doing something long enough, you see some progress. I was talking to somebody a while back. And they were like, yeah, you know, we've been going to therapy for, oh God, what was it, two or three years? Like, they're like, yeah, it's been really helpful. I'm like, really helpful? You just told me you, you, you haven't been in love. You haven't felt like a partner. Like, you felt like roommates for the last 10 years. How is this a win? Like you've been going to therapy for three years and you still feel like a roommate. Like how has this been helpful? And they're like, well, it's been really good for the communication. Okay, so that's good. But you still feel like a roommate after three years. Is this acceptable? Is this okay? Are you okay with this? Is that? And that's where we hear, I think that's what personally I hear a lot more is not this, it hasn't been helpful. So what I want you to understand is that it's, and it, you maybe you're, you're listening to this and you're like, that's me. Like I've been going to therapy or counseling or coaching or whatever, right? This really isn't so much a, it, it, it's a method conversation, not like a specifically who conversation. It could even be, I've been reading books for the last three years. Yeah. But, you know, but, you know, you may be listening to be like, oh, like, I want you to ask yourself, like, if you've been going for a long time, like you've been going to therapy or counseling, whatever, you've been doing this for a really long time and you're doing this kind of more standard, we're going to space it out. We're going to space it out model. Has that really gotten you where you want to go? Are you in that spot where maybe some stuff's improved, but you're still so far away from having that amazing relationship that you were hoping for when you, you started doing that work? So why is this like why why is this like what what is it that's kind of wrong where are we approaching the thinking about this wrong with most people when we're talking about fixing our relationships and we have a lot of these sayings oh like the tortoise and the hare or you know like oh it's a marathon not a sprint and that's true for a lot of things but th this isn't a place that those sayings work necessarily yeah the thing is that there's areas where that applies and then there's places that they don't. Yeah. So the problem with these sayings, we're talking about relationships, is this ignores this concept of relationship inertia. The, the concept of relationship inertia is something that we, we talk about quite a bit. It's this concept that our relationships have inertia. When things are going poorly, it takes a big bump, a big kick to get them going back in the right direction. And the, the more poorly they've been going for longer, the more of a bump it takes. That, that's why you've probably been in a spot where everything's going really shitty in your relationship and there's one good thing that happens and you're like, 
okay, so, right? And similarly, when things are going really well, we build inertia in a positive direction. And so that means that, and I'm sure you've seen this as well, where things have been going really well, you're really feeling in love and connected with your partner and things have been going really smoothly and they do something that on a bad day would have you going, maybe starting an argument or feeling some way about it, but because things are going good, you roll that off. And so the problem is when we talk about this tortoise and the hare, like this marathon, it ignores this entire concept of inertia, which is so incredibly true. And you can look and see it a hundred places in your relationships if you just peek for a little bit. Bad therapy is just a nosedive off here. Bad therapy are, are those of you who have gone to therapy and your therapist has told you, oh, this is just polyamory, right? Like you just need to stop being non-monogamous or they've gotten you to vent with each other and left you without a plan and you nosedive. But they shouldn't even exist. Yeah. So what you see more often is this is one of these traditional therapy lines where we go and we go to therapy or like I said, coaching or whatever, whatever it is where this is spaced out and we go and we get a little bump, but it's not really enough inertia to get us going. So we leave and life happens and the relationship happens and we wind up swinging back because we didn't get enough of a bump to really create that positive direction. We're still on that downtrend. And so then we wait a week, we go back to therapy and we get a little bump and then we go down and we wait and we get a little bump and then we go down. And depending on how effective this therapy is for you, either one of two things happens. Either you never really get that positive inertia and you get these little bumps and then these decreases and you gradually trend down. Or if you're going to somebody who's good, and you're going with this model, you get these little bumps and you get these downturns and you, you, you climb a little bit the next time, you get a little bump, but you don't create that momentum so you swing down. And so you do trend up, but it's so, so, so slow. And I think this is what quite a few people find is a situation of I'm making progress, but it is so slow. We've been doing this so long and we are not where we want. And a lot of people, they wind up going months and months or years and they're seeing either no progress or they're seeing this little bit of progress, and but they're not getting where they want. And they, they sometimes they give up, sometimes they keep doing it, but they're just not getting where they want to go. Yeah. And the problem is that you end up in these either heading downwards or staying basically where you, start, you started. And for a lot of people, you don't actually stay where you started. Eventually, you start to go downhill or you reach that breaking point. So... Really, there's this truth that you need to face, which is that doesn't have to be that way, that you can get to a place where you level off in a positive direction, but you need you need that jump. You need to be put into that path first. Yeah. And, and what I want you, you to talk about is when if you're sitting there saying, OK, but I don't understand. And I'm going to talk about this line here in just a second, but I'm framing this for you. If you're sitting there like, OK, I don't understand, though, how is it you can talk about in less time? creating bigger results. Well, you're not talking about less time, okay? I want you to think about this for a minute. You go to therapy for a year. You go weekly for an hour for a year. How many hours have you gone? 52 hours, right? Assuming you never took a week off. You have gone less hours working on your relationship than a lot of us spend in an average work week at work. Or playing video games. Or playing video games. Well, I don't know. I don't know, 50 hours of video games? In a year? Oh, in a year. Oh, think yeah, about definitely it. Think year. about it. Think definitely about it. Year. Think yeah, yeah, about yeah. it. I was talking about in a week. People don't do therapy but, for 50 but, hours. So we're week. not talking about less hours, more hours. Honestly, when we're talking about 10 weeks, uh, people are working 
more than 50 hours for the most part over that period of time. You're talking about when you're doing it though. You're talking about front loading it. And what you do when you front load that work and you do that work up front and you really jump in and you do something really intensive and you really focus on the relationship and make that a priority and do an intensive amount of work, right? You can create this massive upward inertia and it feeds on itself. This is that whole inertia concept, right? The better the relationship is, the easier it is to keep that way. The more likely we are to let those little things roll off our back. The more we go and go, man, like we're really making progress together. This is really headed in the right direction. I really appreciate these eight things that you've done this past week for our relationship, I really want to give. And you create this massive upward inertia. And so what winds up happening is it takes this upward inertia, this big intensive boost up front, you build this momentum, you get your relationship to this place where you're happy with where it is and you're getting those needs fulfilled and you're happy day to day and it's easier to let those negative things roll off your back. And then you do the work to sustain the relationship day to day. And I'll give you a little secret. We work with people over 10 weeks, but what do we do, Cassie? We continue to support them. We continue to support them 10 weeks. We continue to provide support after the 10 weeks. So what winds up happening is you get this massive boost and then, yeah, you're getting this same kind of boost and and a little drop off and this slow, gradual upward trend. But the difference is you're doing that from a place of your relationship actually being better. Because the reality is you're going to have those dips in your relationship. Everybody has dips in their relationship. You always are going to have challenges. You're always going to have things that spring up. But it's that ability to bounce back. It's that ability to come from a place of, ah, this thing came up. We got to face it. And versus this is one more thing. Our relationship is falling apart and we can't get through this small hurdle. And I just want to reinforce this for y'all one more time. I really want you to think, really just think to yourself, how much easier is it when something negative does happen to let that roll off your back or to overcome that quickly and not stay stuck in that and stuck in the stress and anxiety and the arguing when you've spent the past week feeling loved, feeling connected, knowing that your partner is showing up, knowing that they're working on the relationship, showing up as the same team, how much easier is it? And and when you think about that for yourself, I want you to ask yourself, man, how much easier is that? How much easier would that be? And then you'll get the idea again of putting in not less work, we're not talking about less work, but of putting in the work up front, of front loading that work to create this upward inertia to make this whole process easier. Like I said, it is so much easier to work on this maintenance period, this slow gradual uptrend when your relationship is already amazing and you're feeling loved, you're feeling connected, this relationship's stable, you know you're not breaking up. It is so much easier to do that maintenance work from there, that slow gradual uptrend and improvement from there than it is when you're down here in the shit. Make sense? Okay. When you switch to that, there's a couple good things about that. First of all, it's more effective, right? 
when you're able to continue to make positive progress, it's easier to make positive progress. And when you have the things in place to have good connections and, and good relationships and, and things like that, it gets you to a place where you avoid having more problems. It keeps you from having those pitfalls over and over again. So it put, it sets you up virtually, right, to be in a good place to be able to have positive opportunities with your partner, to be able to make even obstacles that are small obstacles or bigger obstacles, opportunities for the two of you to connect and be in a positive place versus a negative one. Yeah, folks, I really want you to question. I really want you to question if you have a belief, if you have a belief that, again, that it, it takes months or years to transform a relationship, I want you to ask yourself a couple things, right? Number one, how well has that thought worked out for you? If this is something that you have been doing, how well has that process of this taking months or years worked? And if the answer is not so great, and if you're sick and tired of that and it sucks, maybe it's time to consider doing something different, right? You can't expect change, you can't expect to get different things if you keep doing what you've got, what you've done already. So that's one thing. And the second question, I want you to ask yourself again is just where's all the places you can look at your own at your own life and your relationship and your experience thus far and see that it is so much easier to let those things roll off when the relationship's good and that when the relationship's bad those good times suck and even those little things that you know that normally wouldn't be any problem if the relationship's bad enough they blow up we can all look and see that and last but not least just ask yourself hey like what are the results the people who have done method A versus method B? You can ask our clients how doing it over this period of time versus over years has worked out for them. You can look at their stories. You can get that knowledge firsthand. But like I said, it does that. It avoids those pitfalls that we talked about earlier. And, and folks, I, I just I think this is just the most important part. Like time is the one resource that we can never get more of. It's the one thing you can't get back. It is the most valuable thing that we have. I do not, and, and we all can look at our relationships and we can all see times, like Cassie was talking about earlier, where we've wasted time in our relationships. We can all see time where we've had those holidays that have sucked. We've all seen times where we've had the opportunity for vacations or anniversaries or just amazing experiences together that we haven't done, or even just a great night together, like just a night of kids are gone. This is the night to like get tied up and get ravished personal preference but <laughs> and we haven't taken advantage of it and and i think just for me when i'm talking to this and i talk to people and they're talking about the years that their relationship hasn't been when they want because they've been working on it all this time and they're making progress like i said best case scenario they're making progress but they're not there yet just that's time that that can't be gotten back. But when you make the decision, and this really is what it takes, because it takes deciding that relationship is a priority. When you make that decision, this relationship is a priority, and you're willing to not just stretch that time out, but you're willing to invest all that time up front to create that momentum and to make the relationship amazing, you get to enjoy all those opportunities, all those special moments, all that ravishing sex, all those those great dates, all those anniversaries, all those vacations, all those opportunities even maybe for other relationships, all those opportunities not just here. Because I guarantee you if our relationship's sucking, I'm missing opportunities other places too. All those opportunities that you would otherwise miss working over the over months, working on this over years. And so we kind of wanted to share this as like a public service announcement. Because... Like I said, I, this is one one just belief that I think we both see 
that is so, so common and so prevalent because it's just what people know, but it just, it's just so false. And it's so harmful because let's face it, as Josh mentioned, we only have so much time. Time is not something we can get back. And for the folks that I talk to, and this is me speaking from my heart here, I talk to folks who tell me they've spent the last five years not feeling like they're loved. They've spent the last three three years feeling like they live with their roommate. They've spent the last year, and I'm, I'm going backwards, but a lot of these things are forwards, 10 years. The last 10 years, we have not felt passionate about each other, right? This belief, this belief that it has to be this slow trend is wasting not time, it's wasting your life. It is wasting the life that you have to live with your partner and partners, and it's wasting the joy that you with your partners can have. And this is completely off script. This is completely just me speaking from my heart. And it is such a shame because it is a dangerous thought, right? Because we only have one life to live and you don't want to waste it looking for progress. You want to see progress so you can start enjoying things, right? The goal is not to see progress. The goal is to live in progress and have that time with your partners. And one more thing I'll I'll throw in here too, for those of you who are feeling a little tapped out, how much easier would it be to not feel tapped out? If you knew that having that relationship of your dreams wasn't years away, it was just a couple short months away, right? Or if how much easier would it be to not feel tapped out if you and your partner, you're seeing your partner show up every day and put in that work and put in the effort and you're able to see those changes day by day. Like I said, listen, this isn't, we didn't pick this, this is like an arbitrary number. And I want to, there's one other thing I want to throw in here. Every single person here, just as this goes back to this whole belief into this, every single person here has had moments in their lives that have been transformative. Every single one of you. And they're usually moments. When you think, and I want you to think about this. But what have been the most transformative things in your life? And I guarantee you, maybe not all of them, but most of them come down to moments. It's the moment you held your baby for the first time. It's the moment you looked across the room and you saw you saw that person that you later decided you want to be the love of your life and went and said hello, right? It's that time that you faced that horrible fear and you got past it. It's that car accident where you spent 10 minutes in the car stuck. Transformation happens in moments. It happens in the moments. Those real breakthroughs, right? I'm not saying it doesn't take the work because it does. Those real transformative things, they happen in the moments. It takes tying those together and doing the work not to lose it. But I guarantee you the most transformative places in your life have not taken months, have not taken years. Those realizations, those things where you see the world a different way, those things that change you so that you will never be the same again, most of those things happen in moments. They happen in those moments, right? If you think that you need months or years to transform a relationship, to have the realizations, the breakthroughs that can get you there, you are are 
not congruent with probably how the rest of your life has gone. And that's not to say that you're going to solve your relationship in moments. You're absolutely fucking not because it takes a <laughs> lot of work and a lot of effort to anchor that and a lot of repetition and a lot of support and a lot of ass kicking to make sure you don't lose those things. And we call that accountability, call that accountability. (laughs) And a lot of times coming to those moments takes breakthroughs that you can't get on your own. So I'm not saying that your relationship is going to change in a moment. What I am saying is it doesn't take months. It doesn't take years, right? You can do, you can front load that effort. You can have those moments, you can build the support, you can do that work front loading and do it in just a couple of short months, just 10 weeks. That's the number we found. We didn't pull this out of our asses. What we found mm-hmm. over the, the, the years we've been doing this and doing it here and doing it there and trying this long and this long. And you can change things. And at the end of the day, it is an easier way to do it. It's a way that works with the way our relationship works. It works with that inertia. It works with that desire that we all have to see the progress instead of to feel like we're stuck. And it is transformative. That's why this is relationship transformation because you're really talking about transformation. I don't know what else to say, honestly. This this has gotten a little more emotional than I meant it to. (laughs) You have anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Answer some questions. You're pulling the No, I, I, you know, if you're in that place where you recognize that you are sick and tired of being stuck and you are at a place where you want to transform your relationships in 10 weeks, not the next two years, not several months, not however long, it's worth reaching out. Uh, We do a a free breakthrough call. You can uh, hop on with us and we'll talk to you and We'll talk about if that is something that we can help make happen for you. And we're honest. We don't always invite everybody to work with us. But if we think that you can do it, actually, if we know that we can help get you there, we'll let you know that. So you can go to attouchflayer.com forward slash talk to set that up. So like I said, you can go to attouchflayer.com forward slash talk, set up that call. And whether that's you've been doing that trying to do this long process thing and you're tired of how that's gone for yourself and you're tired of not being where you want yet. But you just, like I said, maybe you're seeing those changes, but maybe you haven't seen it quick enough or you've seen it with one thing, but you haven't seen it in all the areas you need. Or maybe you're just about to start on that journey of getting help and you're listening to this and going, man, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Either way, let's talk. Let's see where you're at. Let's see what's going on. Let's see if we can help you with where you're at. And if so, we'll tell you. And if not, we're going to send you somewhere else. But we're always going to do what we feel is best for you. Okay. It doesn't always take everybody involved to turn a relationship around. We have plenty of cases where we work with one person. I think we're going to do a live on this at one point. And there's a lot of reasons for that, right? Sometimes the one partner is just too tapped out. Sometimes they feel like they've done all the work and they're not willing to do anything else unless they see effort from this other person. Sometimes sometimes it's just one partner. Sometimes they're hopeless. So there's a lot of situations where we wind up working with one person, but there's a couple of things with that. Number one, it does take your partner being willing, maybe not to do the work with you, but them actually wanting this relationship to work. Yeah, your partner has to be willing to stay in the relationship, they have to be willing to give that time and effort for you to do the work that you need to do. And certainly like when we talk to folks, it's definitely easier to get a dog to walk on four legs than two or a centipede on six legs versus two, depending on the demographic of your relationship. 
But the thing is, is that, you know, one person can transform a relationship if they put the effort in and depending on the certain circumstances. Yeah. And but that does take the one person being super committed, super committed to showing up, being willing. We always say, are you committed enough for both of you? Because that's what it takes in that situation. And it's, it's interesting how that works out. And, and the thing with that, and it's funny, I just did a live recently on how we're able to tell people what to expect at the end of the program. And part of that is just blunt honesty about if you're here, if this is where you're at, here's what you can expect. And a lot of times we're talking to one person. The answer is one person can change a relationship. We've absolutely seen this. But if you don't know where your partner is at, understand that one of three things is going to happen. Either a lot of times they'll wind up jumping in with you and doing the work. We see that a lot. Or they'll bring what you take back and, and you know put it into place and rise to the occasion with you. Or they won't rise to the occasion with you and then you're going to have a decision to make. But you'll have done everything you can do. And sometimes that's the conversation, but it really does take. So, yes, one. one. So going back to uh, it's easier if everybody's willing to jump in uh, that and you can't force people to be willing. But there are circumstances where one person can change a relationship. And if you're wondering if that applies to you, again, set up a call and we will tell you. Like I said, sometimes we say yes. Sometimes we say no. It's super unique to your situation. And we will be honest with you and not bullshit you on it. So, like I said, a touchflavor.com forward slash talk and we can have that conversation. All right. Again, everybody, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for sticking through the feels that came up in the conversation. You're welcome. I didn't leave. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Cassie. Um, And everybody, listen, like I said, listen, just if you take nothing else away from tonight, if you're in this spot, I don't care where it is, but you're needing help for relationships or you're getting help for relationships or whatever. I really want you to challenge this way of thinking that the only way to do this is to spend years and years making this slow incremental kind of progress. I really want you to challenge yourself on that. I want you to challenge your beliefs. I want you to go through those questions we asked yourself. I don't honestly even care if this is you're addressing this with us or some other way that does like transformational, like transformational coaching in some way where it's this idea of putting the work in and the transformation up front and then sustaining. But I really want you to question that and see, hey, and listen, and even if even if you're in a spot where like you ask yourself this question, I'm still not sure this is the last thing I would leave you with. If you've been trying the other route and you've been trying that slow incremental route for a long time and you still aren't where you want to be, do you think it's time to try something different? And with that, we're going to hop off. It's been great talking with you all tonight. We love you all. And we will talk with you all again here very soon. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask, or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1. Fuck you, airplanes.